0: Jeremy was talking about ways we connect through Rooted, through life groups and all that. I'm going to just take a minute and approximately a minute and, and give you three ways that you can continue to connect which are all online but we may really actually help you. Uh, one is that you go on our website community.cc and find the tab that says John's blog and um, and then get on that and then subscribe. So basically 99% of the time we do that every do on every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, And it's just a way uh, for you to be kind of in the loop. Now, it's not necessarily informational. I I try to make it more inspirational. So there's always some scripture uh, and a thought. It's kind of quick because I have a really short attention span. So I try to make it that way, thinking of people who may be more like me. And so hopefully it's helpful. but, But by subscribing, you don't miss those things. And then another way to stay connected is something new we're we're doing now, and it was official really this last week. It worked seamlessly this last Sunday. But we are live on Facebook on Sunday morning at 9 and 1045. So here's what I need you to do. So when you go on Facebook, if you've never been on Community Christian Church's site, just type in the search Community Hemet and you'll see us in that, and then just click on that. And then on Sunday morning maybe, you're getting up because you've already been to church, you're just having coffee, maybe you're just running around doing errands, whatever it is. But get on Facebook and then share that with your friends. Okay, Just go right where it is, live, and then hit share and pass that on. Um, Already, without any kind of hoopla, without any announcement, we had over 750 people watch it this last week. And I just checked it, it's 750 three right now or whatever. So it's it's live on Sunday morning, but they can continue to watch it throughout the week. But they get the whole service. They get the message. They get the whole thing. And so that, that's a new thing for us. We've been working on that behind the scenes. That's part of the new equipment we got so that we can make it sound right when you're listening on your phone or on your home computer or on your TV. And so we, we've been working on all that. One other thing is if you have the Bible app, uh, if you don't have the Bible app, I encourage you to get the Bible app. And the one we use is the one made by YouVersion or Life Church. And at the very bottom, there's like the little menus. And there's a little menu at the bottom right corner. It just says more. You click on that. And then down the, through here, there's one that says events. And right there is Community Christian Church. And that's all your notes for tonight. So if you're the kind of person, because when COVID hit, we just stopped passing out paper, right? Right. But we've been doing this for quite a while, and if you didn't know that, I just wanted you to know that. So that's another way you can kind of stay connected. You can see all the notes, all the scripture we're going to be looking at. It's all right there for you, and we do that ahead of time every week so that you can have it. And uh, so it's it's there Thursday, it's there Sunday, and then as you as you watch the service or are a part of it, you can kind of join in and do that. All right. One other thing I want to do is I, I want to pray. But I want to pray, uh, without making a big editorial thing, I just want to pray because of everything that's going on in Washington. And I want to pray because of everything that's going on with COVID. Uh, As as you probably know, and it hit me, it hit some of us, uh, but it is slamming our valley right now. Uh, Hemet Hospital has like 90 COVID patients, three floors just set aside for COVID, and so, um, you know, for a lot of people like myself, it wasn't a big deal. I just was tired for a few days and then I got over that and then I was fine. But for a lot of people, it's really serious. And, uh, we just did a service this week for another person who passed away, uh, COVID related, uh, issues and kind of mixed with their own stuff. Um, and so it's, it's a very real deal. So I just want to take some time to pray and then we'll just get into our new series. All right, let's pray. God, we, uh maybe maybe watched, maybe we just heard about some of the things that happened in Washington, D.C. yesterday, but we know, God, in so many ways, it's a reflection of what we've been seeing now for some time. We're just in trouble without you. We need you. And I pray that uh, your people all across this nation would be what you've called us to be peacemakers. And that you could show your love and your grace through us. And God, I also want to just pray because so many people are affected uh, by this pandemic. And right now, it just seems to the, the numbers are staggering. I, I just pray that you would be with those who uh, have lost someone or are dealing with it right now. Or someone's in a hospital and they can't be by their side. Whatever it is, God, I just pray that this would come to an end. That you could work through this. But God, in all these circumstances, we just rely on that promise that that you can bring good out of anything, and we thank you for that promise. We thank you for that hope. We thank you for that reassurance. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Anyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, I was was thinking for some time what to call our new series, And, and part of that was a reflection on 2020, and I just couldn't get away from that phrase, the new normal. I hate that phrase. Have we heard that enough yet? You know, the new normal, the new normal. Now, we heard it before 2020, but when, when 2020 hit full force, like, you know, I, I just want to get back to normal. And then we realized we probably never get back to normal, normal. It's like there's a, there's a new normal. Well, what is that? We don't know yet. Like, we're still working on that. And so part of that that title, the new normal, was born out of everything we've kind of been going through, but it also was born out of something that we get in the Word of God, And that is what God wants for us in spite and despite of our sin is he wants to create this new normal in us. And so this is not a series about current events. This is a a series about current life issues for each one of us. And we want that new normal that God can do in our life and through our life. That's what we want. And so that's what we're really talking about in this series. But one of the things I started saying like in April was... um, If normal means being up to our eyeballs in debt, you know, I don't want to go back to normal. If normal means stress and anxiety and and living at a pace of life that is so rapid that I don't have real time to truly connect with God or with other people, I don't want to go back to normal. Like if, if normal means, you know, violent and destructive protests that we've seen throughout the year, not just yesterday, it's like, I don't want to go back to normal. If, if normal means just denying my sin and denying my hangups and just kind of like moving through life like nothing's happened and nothing's wrong, like I don't, I don't want to go back to normal. But I I do believe for us this this new normal is something that hopefully we can we can kind of all gravitate toward and then help each other with. I I do believe that 2020 helped us in a lot of ways. And I I don't believe we're over it, right? You know that, right? Like the the, the clock ticked, the calendar flipped, and we're still in trouble. It's like, you know, nothing major changed that was a major change yet. I'm going to come back to that idea. But I do believe one of the good things about 2020 is it forced us to rethink things, maybe see things from a new perspective, maybe try to figure out how we can make this work in this context, you know? And so, one of the things I did this last week, um, some of you know I, I enjoy photography, like landscape photography. I was, uh, I was kind of bothered by the fact that I ran out of time, I couldn't get to some exotic location in the mountains or to a beach just because of my schedule, and I knew the sunset was going to be good. I could tell by the way the clouds looked, and I was just like, ah, oh, I was a little disappointed. And then in the frustration of that, I walked out my backyard just to check the clouds I'm like, sure enough, they're amazing. And then I had an idea, an idea I had never had before. And I I posted this on my photography social media stuff, but I said, I've been doing my photography stuff for four years now. I I got like a real camera, like four years ago. I've been working on this, I just enjoy this. But for the first time in four years, I thought, hey, stupid, why don't you use the pool as the reflection for the sunset? So check out this picture, this was in my backyard. My pool looks gigantic, by the way, in this picture. But I was like, I had never thought of it that way. I'd never thought to stand on that side of the pool and get that reflection. Even though I love reflections, I go to the beach, I look for reflections. I go to the mountains, I look for reflections. I just never thought about going just a few feet around my pool and then getting that shot. And I think in some ways, like 2020 has forced us to maybe move into a new place, see things from a new perspective, and maybe that's going to be part of what helps us get to a new normal that we all really want to be a part of. Uh, Let me give you the context for the verse I'm going to read in a moment. I'm going to read out of Isaiah 57, but here's the context. Israel has has blown it big time. I don't have time to go into all of it. Let me just summarize it this way. There was sin. There was rebellion. There was a resistance to do anything that God wanted them to do because they wanted to do things their way. I I don't know about you, but with that picture, does that ring a bell for anybody else? (laughs) By the way, I think our nation has blown it big time. And in so many ways, uh, what was already in place, 2020 just magnified. We, we've seen the problems. And so as Israel had ignored its true leader, I think as, as America, we've ignored our true leader, God. And then there's all kinds of issues as a result of that. But like I said earlier, I don't think just because we've moved to a new you know, digit on the calendar that everything's okay. In fact, I just saw this. Uh, I love Gary Larson. I love the Far Side cartoons. I just saw this one today. Check this out. The lady's jumping from one burning building called 2020. And you see what happened? She just bounced right into the next burning building, which is called 2021. All right. So uh, that's just kind of funny, but it's kind of like, oh, man, I don't know if that's the reality I want. So here's the context. There's been sin. There's been rebellion. There has been a resistance to do what God wanted to do because they wanted to do their own thing. And now I want you to see this and hear this in Isaiah 57, beginning in verse 18. He says, I have seen how they acted, but here's another big but of the Bible. I love this one. But I will heal them. I will lead them and help them. And I will comfort those who mourn. I offer peace to all, both near and far. I will heal my people. Wow. All the sin, all the rebellion, all the consequences that went with that. And then he says, but I'm going to heal them. I'm going to bring about a new normal. That's not the way he says it, but that's what he's talking about. By, by the way, Sidebar for just a moment. You know who really needs healing, leading, helping, comforting, peace, and even more healing right now? There's a a long list. Let me just give you one picture. Teachers, parents, and students who have all had their lives completely disrupted in the last nine months trying to do learning online. One one of my friends... um, he and his wife both work outside the home. Their, their daughters are kindergarten and second grade. He had to quit his job for the last nine months because you can't leave a kindergarten or a second grader at home to do online learning. I mean, it has, it has created serious upheaval, right? But, but I don't think just the, the, the title teachers does it justice. Now, my wife is a substitute teacher, and and she's been in on this too, and so she literally goes to a school site and she's on there and she's online with students and, and covering for teachers and working with kids and and all of that. But but her her title literally changed this year, so they 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 added virtual to her title. But but here's her whole title: thirty day credential. Th- wait, thirty day emergency credential virtual substitute teacher. That that's her. That's. Pretty important sounding, isn't it? So I don't know if you're a Pink Floyd fan or not, but they have a song called The Wall, and in that they say, teacher, leave those kids alone, remember that? Well, this is every now and then what I send to my wife with that big title she's got. Check this out. Hey, 30 day emergency credentialed virtual substitute teacher, leave those kids alone. Yeah, and then I just send it off in a text to her just to remind her that I'm thinking about her, you know. But I, I can't even imagine, for those of you who are in that, you know, with your kids, or maybe you're helping his grandkids, or whatever it is, it's like, what a crazy season. And there's a whole group of people drastically affected by the things that have happened this year, and that's just one category of all the different effects, right? The fact is, life life is tough, and we're imperfect. And in fact, um, the, the Bible doesn't really uh, pull any punches. It just says it like it is. He says, we're all sinners and we're slaves of sin. It doesn't just say, you've made some mistakes. You know, it doesn't just say, we're, oh, I know I'm not perfect. It says, no, we're sinners and we're slaves of sin. So let me give you this idea of the new normal is actually going to be coming from uh, the material that our, our Celebrate Recovery groups use. There's eight weeks in this series and there's eight uh, phrases that begin with the letters for recovery, R-E-C-O. You get the idea, right? So week one, we're going to start with the letter R. And each week, we're just going to add to this. And hopefully, as we see, this is not about just addictions and problems like this. It's just about sin. And all of us. This, this series is for everybody. And so I'm just going to go to principle number one. Uh, and by the way, our Celebrate Recovery group meets every Tuesday night, seven o'clock, right? The building next door. And uh, i I love for you to check it out if you want to do that but but let's just kind of do this for the next 8 weeks and kind of see what we can do and and what we can learn as God helps build in us a new normal that that he wants to see in our life. So, here's principle number 1 and this is what we're working on this week. Realize I'm not God everybody just say that phrase right there. Realize I'm not God. I'll read the rest. I admit I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing. And my life is unmanageable. Now I I watched you guys get a kick out of Jeremy's uh, lifeguard story last week. So I thought, well, I went in on that. I've got a lifeguard story. And in fact, um, both of my daughters, Sam and Megan, they, we were we were the three of us. Michelle was on the beach. The three of us were out in the waves in San Clemente, and some of you know we like to go there and go there quite a bit in the summer. And we were there, and we were out body surfing and just having a blast. And 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 we knew there was a little bit of a rip tide, a rip current. You know, you could kind of feel it, and every now and then, man, the wave would start coming, and you just kind of get sucked out to the wave. You didn't have to go find it; it would just take you out there. And there was a, there was a moment where. Um, Both, both my youngest daughter Megan and I uh, probably are a little bit stronger swimmers, and and Sam was out there, and she's like, "Dad, I don't think I can get back in." I'm like, "All right, let's go get her." And I looked up, and there's a lifeguard just like ten feet away from her. Here's what I realized: (laughs) he knew we were in trouble before we knew we were in trouble. Are you picking up what I'm throwing down? He knew, God knows, I'm in trouble before I know I'm in trouble. And every single one of us needs to hear what we're going to talk about for the next eight weeks. We may not even think we're in trouble. But if we have sin in our life, we're in trouble. Now, guess who has sin in their life? All of us. And here's the good news. The the Bible literally says, in fact, not only does everybody sin, he says, but everybody, everyone who calls in the name of the Lord will be saved, rescued, the lifeguard. He already knows we're in trouble even before we know we're in trouble. In 2020, we saw... Issues related to addiction and and mental health and uh, substance abuse and relational conflict. We saw those kind of issues just magnified. I I saw statistics of like teen suicide soaring, substance abuse soaring. I I saw issues where because of what had happened, because of the lockdown, because of our, our isolation, because of all these changes and the stress level going through the roof, we saw these kinds of things going through the roof. And that's why this idea of going through these eight principles has been on my radar now for several months. What do I need freedom from? Let's, let's make this personal. I'm going to read a list to you of just a bunch of stuff that we possibly could need freedom from. We can need God's help from moving from the old normal to a new normal. And I'm just going to give you the list. And if something says, you know what, yeah, I, need, I, I could work on it. I, I need help with that. Just make a mental note of that. So here's a list, alcohol and drugs overworking, overeating, overspending. I know that's perfect right after Christmas just to throw that one in there because we just got a bunch of people that maybe thought, I I don't have anything on this list. Overspending, grief, guilt, anger and rage, fear and anxiety, divorce, abuse, sexual addictions, codependency, insecurity, perfectionism, hypochondria, Hurtful relationships, gambling, lying, procrastination, the need to control. Now, that's not an exhaustive list. And I would think that as I read that list, most people can see something in there. But if you couldn't see anything in there, try this one self righteousness. You need to be free from that too. And if we think we've got it going on, we think we've got it all good on our own effort, man, we are, we are in trouble and we don't even know it. So let me just give you two ways to think about this. And I'm going to start with the problem. So here, number one, here's my problem. It's called my sin nature. Every single one of us have this and that's why everybody needs this. My sin nature gets me into all kinds of trouble. I do things that are not good for me, helpful for me. And I know it, but I do them anyway. There there are things that I know would be beneficial for me, but they take work or they take time and I just don't get around to it. I react to people the wrong way. I treat them in wrong ways or because they've treated me in wrong ways, I treat them in wrong ways and it just compounds the problem. You know, what's interesting is even the Apostle Paul I mean, he's like one of the heroes of the Bible, wrote half the New Testament. It's like the Apostle Paul says this about this personal struggle. I think we can all relate to it. Romans 7, verse 15 and 7 through 17. He says, I don't really understand myself. For what I want to do, what is right. I want to do what is right, but I don't do it. Instead, I do what I hate. But if I know What I am doing is wrong. This shows that I agree that the law is good. So I'm not the one doing wrong. It is sin living in me that does it. This is a lot of words to say, man, I really messed up. (laughs) I I know what I should do, but I I don't always do that. I know know what I shouldn't do. I I did it again. He's just saying what maybe we all would would say if we were honest. So I I read that and I just say, you know, sound familiar? (laughs) we've got to understand the cause of the problem and why this happens in my life the cause of the problem we can go way back to genesis chapter 3 the cause of the problem that the basic core of sin is simply this i want to call the shots i want to be god so Adam and Eve are in the garden, Genesis chapter 3. I just started going through uh, my daily devotionals on Instagram and Facebook called 60 Seconds with PJ. I do them Monday through Friday. But we're just working our way through the book of Genesis. So yesterday we were in Genesis chapter 3 talking about this very thing. And that's just this. The, the sin really came down to, I want to be God. I want to call the shots. And so they ate from the fruit of that tree they were told not to eat. what does it mean to want to be god what, what does it mean to you know maybe play god in our life let me just give you a, a, some some handles for this one is i think we try to control our image you know we want to be we want to be looked at like we've got it all together and so one of the ways we play god is we literally manage and control our image we play games we wear masks, <laughs> not the masks that we're required to wear now, but like just the mask that just covers up so that nobody can really see who we really are and what's really going on in our life. Our image, like our social media accounts, are filtered so people only see us at our very best. That's what we want. We want to control our image. We also want to control other people. Parents try to control kids, and kids try to control parents, and husbands try to control wives, and wives try to control husbands, and then we do it in all different ways. We try to manipulate each other with fear or with guilt or with praise, but we're, it's all an attempt to manipulate, maybe, maybe just the silent treatment, maybe it's rage, maybe it's anger, whatever it is, but we're trying to control the people around us maybe another way we try to play god is we just try to control our problems like our problem, like 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 we can actually control our problems uh, we're we're good at this at least we think we are we say stuff like this i got this i can handle this that's the kind of stuff we say like i can quit anytime that's what we say we were at a restaurant back when you could do this sort of thing and it was, I think it was my birthday, we were with like 12, 13 family members over in Orange County at a restaurant. The waiter came around, gave the menus, and then started asking, does, it, does anybody want a glass of wine? Does anybody want something to drink? And before my wife could say anything, because my wife and I, we don't drink, but before she could just say, no, I'll just have some Dr. Pepper, one of my daughters says, hey, she can't have anything. With the, with the idea that, She's a raging alcoholic, right? It's like, oh, no, don't ask her, you know, Woo. And she immediately began to say stuff, which sounded even funnier. Like, no, 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 I could drink if, if I wanted to, but it's like, I don't. But I And you just sound like somebody who really had a problem who was trying to do what we do. Like, no, I got this. I can handle this. I'm really okay. I'm not, a-. it was hilarious. I wish we would have had that one on video. I would have showed it to you even without permission Another one is we try to control our pain. Have you ever thought how, many time, how much time you spend running from pain? We don't like pain. That's why a lot of our prayers are, God, keep me safe. God, don't, don't let me get sick. We, we, don't, we don't want the pain. We, we try to avoid it. We try to deny it. We try to escape it. We try to reduce it. We don't like pain. And then when it is there, we just try to numb it. I already mentioned Pink Floyd once. Might as well comfortably numb. Anybody familiar with that song? We try to numb the pain. So we're trying to control all these things. That's just one of the ways, some of the ways that we try to play God. But here are the problems that come up when we do this. I'm going to show them to you. You don't have to write these down if you don't want to, but just a few things. One is we're just afraid. And here's what we're afraid of. When we're trying our best to make everything look like it's supposed to look, our fear is What? <laughs> That will be found out. That people will know what's really going on in here. That they'll know that we're a fake. Or we're a phony. They'll find out what's really going on in here. That we really don't have it all together. Another one would be frustration. i got to just think how frustrating it is to try to manage and keep all these. Trying to be God and overseeing all these things and keeping everything, every, you know, plate spinning. But but maybe the better picture for me is the Whack-A-Mole game. You know, the Whack-A-Mole game. <laughs> the last time I played that, I was at Chuck E. Cheese. And, and I again thanked God. I thanked God that my kids were older and past that stage when Chuck E. Cheese came to him. And, Thank you, Jesus. He does love me after all. So, But I was in there, and I did play Whack-A-Mole because I, I liked that game. But can you imagine just the, what, what happens? Is like we got this compulsion, boom, and then another one pops up. We have this problem, boom, and then another one pops up. We have this, you know, re, you know kind of, kind of uh, relational conflict going on, boom, and then another one pops up. It's like it's, it's a never-ending thing that we have, and that's why another thing is we just get worn out. You know, I, I think it's tiring playing God. It's tiring trying to manage everything just so that everybody thinks everything is okay. But I would think the big one is failure. Talk about a job description doomed to fail. Hey, your job description, you get to play God. We're we're never going to be able to pull that off. So the problem is our sin nature. And and even though we may be aware of it, we we try to fix it ourselves, and that doesn't work. So this is what I want you to get. Number two is the cure, and that's come clean. The 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 new normal we're after, let me give you another 2020 buzzword, begins with pivot. Now, I, I, I read a lot of business management stuff and leadership stuff, and I saw this word start popping up this year. It became one of those buzzwords. We've got to pivot. You know, this is what's going on. We've got to pivot. You know, what does that mean? It's like we were spending our resources doing this, but we can't anymore. So now we need to do this, and we're going, to, we're going to pivot, and we're going to do something else in order to make sure that we're still, you know, having an income. Or we're going to pivot and make sure that we're still being affected. We're going to pivot. We've got, we've got to make some changes. We're not able to do this anymore. Now we've got to do it this way. You know, so pivot meant that. But in our case, for coming clean, this is what I think pivot really means for us. And here's the Bible word, repent. Pivot means a full 180 degree change of direction. I'm gonna, I'm gonna pivot, I'm, I'm gonna just admit that I can't do this on my own, that I can't cover this, I can't play God, I can't fix it all myself, I gotta come clean, I need help. I need God. I mean, have you ever thought about why God talks in terms of, of the coming Messiah as the Savior? It's real simple. We need to be saved. We need help. It's like literally that's what we need. And I believe that Community now for decades we've committed to becoming a safe place where real people can talk about real issues and real problems and real sin without being blown away by judgment, but by by finding acceptance and love and grace, knowing that every one of us are in the same boat. I think because of that, we can come to Proverbs 28 and maybe we can all just like, like yes, yes, like amen. That makes perfect sense especially when you've cultivated an atmosphere where this is okay. Proverbs 28, 13 says, you will never succeed in life if you try to hide your sins. Listen, confess them and give them up. There's, there's the pivot. Give them up. Then God will show mercy to you. I am going to spend a few moments in Psalm 32 so you can find that. But let me kind of lead into that. You know, he says, well, we're never gonna find success in life by by hiding our sin, but but only when we confess and we turn, we pivot, that, that's when we're gonna find success. But here's where we struggle. We say, well, Yeah, but my problem's not that bad. You know, like I know people who are far worse. And so maybe we even think that God is limited in his resources, and so therefore, since my problem's not as bad. God, why don't you go help them? I got this. But God's not limited. It's just a false picture of what God's capable of doing. And so we just deny our own seriousness. Like we don't realize how in trouble we really are, even though the lifeguard is already on the way. We desperately need his help. But what we do is we wait until it hurts. More before we begin to pivot. You ever heard this phrase? We just got to wait till they hit bottom. They got to they gotta hit rock bottom. What does that mean? That means so far, falling here and here and here hasn't been painful enough for us, for me to make any major change. It's not until it really hurts that I begin to change. And psychologists talk about this. Like we... we The only thing we hate more than change is absolute pain. So that's what it takes. It takes real pain for us to really be willing to change. C.S. Lewis said this, God whispers to us in our pleasures, but he shouts to us in our pain. Pain is God's megaphone. And that's fine, we say, but I can solve my problems. And this series on recovery sounds like a great idea for someone else. I'm going to tell them about this, make sure they get here, but I probably won't come for the next seven weeks. I don't need it. Somebody else needs it. You know what the cross is? The cross is is that proof. It's the proof that we can't do this on our own. The Bible literally says if there was a way that we could, by our own effort, be good enough, then Jesus died for nothing. And this is what I've said for years. I don't think God's that stupid. If there was another way, he wouldn't have sent Jesus to die. But there, but there was no other way. We, we all need his help. And so we say, when we say we're coming clean, we're, we're really saying I'm powerless to do this on my own. I need your help. So Psalm 32, I want you to see this, beginning in verse 3. So it says, when I refuse to confess my sin... My body wasted away, and I groaned all day long. Day and night, your hand of discipline was heavy on me. My strength evaporated like water in the summer heat. You know, that may be the feeling of conviction and and guilt and remorse, all those kind of things. Verse 5, finally, I confessed all my sins to you and stopped trying to hide my guilt. I said to myself, I will confess my rebellion to the Lord, and you forgave me. Listen to this. And my guilt is gone. I just talked to someone this week who made some horrible choices in their life. But they know because of Jesus, that is not who they are. That was back there. There is this new normal that God is doing in their life. They're not stuck there They confessed. They stopped trying to hide their guilt, and God forgave them, and their guilt is gone. That's that's a promise that's good for all of us. By by the way, admitting that I'm not God, and that's what we're talking about this week, uh, recognizes three very important facts of life, and so here they are. Number one, I admit that I'm powerless to change my past. I can't go back there and fix stuff. I can't go back there and rearrange it what, what do we call that? Revisionist history? It's like you just kind of go back and change the way it happened. No, You can't go back to your own life and, and do that. It hurts. Maybe I still remember it. But all the resentment in the world is not going to help or fix or deal with that. The only way to deal with that is to take it to the cross. Number two, I admit that I'm powerless to control other people. We talked about this a little bit, but it's like I, I can't manipulate them. I can't change their mind. I can't change their heart. I can't, I can't force that to happen. But I'm responsible for my actions, not theirs. I've had this conversation dozens of times over the years with people going through divorce. They're saying, this is what my, my spouse is doing, and I, and I want to work it out. I'm like, you can't make them. You can't change their heart. You are only responsible for you right now. And so how you handle this and how you talk about them in front of your kids and all those things, that's all you have control over is you. You can't control other people. And number three, I admit that I'm powerless to cope with my harmful habits, behaviors, and actions. Good intentions are good. Willpower is the name of an indie race car driver that won the Indianapolis 500. That's a pretty cool name, willpower. But when we think of willpower, usually we think of being able to, you know, conquer this diet on our own ability. You know, no, we're not going to conquer sin with willpower. It's not going to happen. Listen to James 4, 6. Listen to this. But he gives us more grace. That is why Scripture says God opposes the proud but shows favor to the humble. See, the proud is not going to come clean. The proud is not going to be willing to pivot. The proud is not going to be willing to run to the lifeguard and say, you're right, (laughs) I'm in trouble out here. I need help. The proud won't do that, but the humble will. And he says, when the humble do that, then God's grace comes rushing in. So let me ask you, you don't have to say anything out loud, but what needs to change in your life right now? what needs to change and maybe we can get very specific with it but here's the idea i have a problem i need help yeah that's the that's the beauty of our baptism really our baptism is not the culmination of us working really hard and getting good enough that we can finally get wet before people at church No, our our baptism is a declaration. I need help. I can't do this on my own. I need a Savior. I need the help of Jesus. So let me summarize it this way. I'm not God, and I don't have it all together as much as I'd like everybody to think I ought to do. I'm not God, and I don't have it all together as much as I'd like everybody to think that I do. I'm going to break that into parts. You can say it with, I'm going to. You just repeat after me. I'm not God, and I don't have it all together as much as I'd like everybody to think that I do. I'm not God. It's really not that hard to say. And by the way, some of you are afraid that if you said that, some people would go, oh, Really? They're not going to be surprised at that declaration right there. I'm not God. They're going to go, I know. And you thought you had it all figured out. You thought you had it all covered up. You thought you you know, had everybody faked out. I'm not God. I know. Everybody knows. If you tell them that uh, to somebody, like I said, they're not going to be surprised. But here's what I want to do before we pray. I want to go back to the principle for this week. It starts with the letter R. Realize I'm not God. Let's put it on the screen. And I really do want us all to read this one out loud. I want you to make it personal, okay? Realize I'm, you're talking about you, I'm talking about me. Here we go. Realize I'm not God. I admit I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing and my life is unmanageable. Let's do that one more time. Here we go. Realize I'm not God. I admit I'm powerless to control my tendency to do the wrong thing, and my life is unmanageable. Let's pray. God, thank you for being with us. Thank you for your hope, your help, your grace. Thank you, God, that you're our Savior, and we desperately need you. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.